Hey, welcome into Positive Light. We're bringing a positive influence into this world and into your life. And hi, I'm Bob Miles. And today's episode is going to be on a new beginnings out of 2 Corinthians 5.17. If we don't know who we are, we'll never know how we ought to live. God's promise is true. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. If you have given your life to Christ, you are a new creation whether you feel like it or not really happens to us when we believe in Christ. So let's go over seven gifts God gives you when you commit your life to Christ. The first gift is a new relationship. The first thing that happens when we give our lives to Christ is that God gives us a new relationship. Once we were separated from God because of our sins, and not just separated, but alienated from him, the Bible says we were excluded, without hope and without God in the world, out of Ephesians 2.12. Yes, the first thing that happened when you committed your life to Christ is that God gave you a new relationship. He is now your loving Heavenly Father, and you are now His child, spiritually reborn into His family. And the next gift is a new citizenship. The second thing God gives you when you commit your life to Christ is a new citizenship. You are still a citizen of a particular country, but now you are also a citizen of the kingdom of God. As long as we are on this earth, we possess dual citizenship. One hand, we owe allegiance to our nation and are called to be a good citizens, but we are also citizens of the kingdom of God, that invisible kingdom of which Christ is the head. Our supreme loyalty is to him, and if someone demands we do wrong, we must obey God rather than men, out of Acts 5.29. And someday, the Bible tells us, this world's kingdom will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever, out of Revelations eleven fifteen. And the next gift is a new family. Not only does God give us a new relationship with himself and make us citizens of his kingdom, but he also gives us a new family, the family of God. You aren't just related to God, you are now related to other believers. Everyone who truly believes in Jesus Christ is now your spiritual brother or sister. This is one reason why you are never alone if you know Christ. You are part of God's family with brothers and sisters in Christ who love you and want to help you if you will let them. The next gift, a new purpose. Some people are focused using all their energies to reach their goals. Others drift through life with little purpose or direction living for the moment and never thinking about where they are headed. Most people probably live somewhere in between, but they all have this in common. They are living only for themselves and not their own happiness. But when we come to Christ, God gives us a new purpose. Now we want to live for Christ and not just ourselves. And the next, a new power. One of the Bible's most comforting truths is that when we come to Christ, God himself comes to live within us by his Holy Spirit. When you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you. God has given us a new purpose, but without a new power, we'll never be able to achieve it. Jesus promised, you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, out of Acts 1.8. We were meant to live the Christian life in our own strength. God has provided his Spirit to help us. And next is a new destiny. The word conversion means change, and the most radical change of all when we come to Christ is that God gives us a new destiny. Once we were headed for hell, now we're headed for heaven.
Once we were bound for eternal separation from God, now we live with him forever. Once we had no hope and of eternal life, now we do. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gifts of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, out of Romans 6.23. In the midst of life problems and heartaches, never forget, this life is temporary. One day all our burdens will be cast aside, and we will be with Christ forever. Before us is a new destiny when we belong to him. And next, a new journey. Remember, when we come to Christ, God gives us a whole new life a new relationship, a new citizenship, a new family, a new purpose, a new power, and a new destiny. Don't ever take lightly what Christ did for you on the cross. And don't ever take lightly what God has given you if you have turned to Christ in repentance and faith. But this isn't the end of his bounty. For God also gives us one final gift, a new journey, a whole new path to follow until the day he takes us to heaven. In other words, your decision for Christ isn't an end, but a beginning. The beginning of a whole new life. We aren't only called to become Christians, we are also called to be Christians. The Christian life is a new journey, one that will take us the rest of our lives. So Rick Warren writes, do you need a fresh start? If you Google the phrase fresh start, you'll get more than 2 billion results. Evidently, a lot of people would like to have a fresh start in life. They think I've blown it. I've really made a mess of things in my life. I like a fresh start. Perhaps you are one of those people. You may feel hopeless or helpless. You may think you're unworthy. You may think you're too old or too young. You may think you've done too many bad things. You may think you don't need God. You do. Or maybe you think God doesn't want you. He does. You may think you've committed the unpardonable sin. You haven't. No matter what's happened in your life, God wants a relationship with you. Jesus is in the business of giving people a fresh start. The Apostle Peter said, Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven, out of 1 Peter 1, 3-4. The Apostle Paul said it in a different way. Everything that we have, Right thinking and right living, a clean slate and a fresh start comes from God by the way of Jesus Christ, out of 1 Corinthians 1.30. When you give your life to Christ, several things happen. You open up your life to God and get to know Him. You're given a brand new life, which gives you everything to live for. You get a future in heaven. I like to say it this way. You get your past forgiven, a purpose for living, and a home in heaven. What a deal. Your past, present, and future are taken care of as you put your trust in Jesus. So next, I want to play you a song, and it's called What I Long For by Tommy and Eileen Walker. And here it is. I've tasted and seen That there's no on earth I'd rather be I've tasted and seen that nothing compares to your glory no nothing compares to your nearness I've tasted 
Wow, what a powerful song by Tommy and Eileen. And here's what Tommy and Eileen said regarding this song. My daughter Eileen and I have been singing and worshiping together pretty much our whole life. In fact, Eileen is one of those people that I like to say sings without ceasing. As she's grown older, she has been traveling with me, and it is one of the great joys of my life. All that to say, it was inevitable that someday we would make an album together, and Highest Praises is truly a collaboration every way. In fact, she wrote half the songs, which highlights a lot of the more modern worship sound, and I wrote half the songs, which can be a bit more complex and collaborative. I believe it is at least one sincere representation of the generations worshiping together, which no doubt is an expression of worship that is close to our Father, God's heart. One of the songs Eileen wrote that has turned out to be one of my favorites is What I Long For. And from Eileen, here's what she shared regarding this song. Hunger is a gift from the Lord. To want Him, to desire Him, I can't take any credit for my deep longing for the Holy Spirit, but I can testify about it. There is nothing that comes close to the presence of God. I can remember encountering the power and glory of God during a worship time at a very young age. I remember tasting and seeing His goodness firsthand, and from that point on, knowing that nothing was better, in essence, that's all this song is. It's just a cry for encounter. Now that I know nothing is better, I long to experience Him. I just love Him. We were made for communion with God, for intimacy and relationship with Him. In His presence, His fullness of joy, peace, healing, fulfillment. And it's where we belong. If you've never encountered God in a tangible way, I encourage you to ask the Lord for the gift of hunger and for Him to meet you. He is generous with His Holy Spirit. Life can make a skeptic out of you. As years go by, there will be many disappointments. So many things that promise so much fail to come through in performance. Both people and things disappoint you. It can bring you to the point that you find little hope of things ever being better with reference to your life. You become a confirmed skeptic. Growth in self-understanding can also lead to despair. Honest evaluation of yourself can be discouraging. You find yourself yielding to pressures, giving into temptation, compromising principles, failing in resolutions, and losing hope of things ever being different. Instead of making progress that you plan, you find yourself slipping in some important areas of your life. Oh, how you wish that some way you might have an opportunity to begin life all over again. Surely you would do things differently the second time. The desire to begin again becomes so intense in some that they will go to any end to attempt it. They will join weird religion groups. They will commit themselves to a hope of reincarnation and a thousand different things. If they cannot begin again this life, at least they will have the hope of beginning again in the next life. Do you feel this desire today? 
If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. What a word. It is a word that awakens an immediate sense of hope. If there's some way that I can actually be created anew, and everything in life be made new in the process, there is. This text set before us the essentials of beginning again. Human beings who have lost all hope can actually have the opportunity for a new beginning. Consider the words of this familiar statement with me. In Christ is the place of a new beginning. If there is a possibility of beginning again, where do you find it? If any man be in Christ, this little phrase, in Christ, brings before us the distinctive reality of the Christian faith. To be a true Christian is to be in Christ. But what does this mean? The Old Testament provides us some helpful illustrations of the truth. The ark which Noah built is an illustration. The one place of safety and security was in the ark. Noah, his family, the different creatures survived the destruction of the flood because they were in the ark. The only hope we have of surviving the judgment that is coming upon the human family is to be in Christ. Just as in the day of Noah, you were either in the ark or outside the ark. So we are either in Christ or outside of Christ. Those of us who are in Christ know what it means to be a new creation, to have a new beginning. Another illustration found in the Old Testament is that of the city of refuge. Whenever anyone was unintentionally responsible for the death of another person, they could flee to the city of refuge. According to the judicial practice of the day, someone would be after him for vengeance. He would not be safe from someone seeking revenge until he entered the city of refuge. These cities were set apart all across the land, so that no one was ever very far from such a city. When his life was in danger, under these circumstances, all that he had to do was flee to the city. As long as he was in the designated city, he was safe from the person seeking revenge. But he must be in the city. It did not help to be near the city. Christ Jesus is our city of refuge. When we realize that we are under the just condemnation of the Holy God, we can flee to Him for safety. In Him we are safe from the wrath of God. We are saved in Him. Jesus spoke of this truth under yet another figure. He likened it to the relationship between the vine and the branch. To be in Christ is to be in Him like the branch is in the vine. The relationship between the vine and the branch is so vital that the branch cannot live apart from the vine. To be severed from the vine is to be put to death. He is our only source of life and fruitfulness. The experience by which we come to be in Christ is called in the Bible the new birth. At the moment we flee to Christ for salvation, cast ourselves upon him in commitment and trust, we are born anew. We are placed by the Holy Spirit in Christ. The vital union with him is established. Only those who have been born again are actually in Christ Jesus. We must not confuse this with being in the church. It is a tragic blunder to make being in Christ the same thing as being in the outward expression of the church. Many who are in the church are obviously never known what it means to begin again. They are unchanged and unmarked as far as the life of Christ is concerned. But the only place for beginning, again, is in Christ. 
Are you in him? A new creation is the nature of the new beginning. This is a strong word. The term sets forth the radical nature of the new beginning. In a sermon from this text, the great Spurgeon contrasts this with the other biblical images of God's saving work and finds it to be the most radical image of conversion. A creation is a radical new departure. Salvation has been likened to healing, and it is. But a healing is a restoration of something to a healthy state. A creation is the importation of something that has never been before. Salvation is even likened unto a resurrection. But this too is not a radical as a creation. In the resurrections that we have in the scriptures, it was primarily restoration to an old life and old relationship. This creation is completely new in its kind. In a real sense, this is the only new thing since the record of Genesis 1. Everything about us today is directly related to that which God created in the beginning. We bear a very distinct resemblance, both physically and spiritually, to the first man and the first woman God created. But in the new beginning, there is a new kind of human being, one so radically new that it can be called a new creation. We must not underemphasize this. In our zeal to make disciples, we never forget that something radical happens in this new beginning. It goes so much deeper than the reformation of our old life. It is so much deeper than just some changes in the outward performance of life. It involves the importation of a new life the becoming a new creation. It is a radical concept. This word sets forth the divine nature of this work. Creation is uniquely the word of God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Only the omnipotent God can make a universe out of nothing. He takes the utterance of his mighty word and the moving of his mighty spirit to bring into existence a universe. He is the creator. This is one work of God for which there is no competitors. While it is true that modern man is attempting, successfully it seems, to bring into existence new forms of life in his test tubes, he is still not really a creator. In each case, he is limited to the use of pre-existing materials. He combines these elements in such a way to produce a new form of life, but is still really a part of the old. But if man thinks himself to be a creator, let us see him bring even one speck of dust into existence without the use of any pre-existing materials. But just the utterance of a word, let's watch him produce even one speck. He cannot do it. Only God can create. The new creation is as much a work of God as the old creation. Man might as well take credit for the old as to take credit for the new. And surely the new creation is the greater expression of the creativity of God. In the old creation there was nothing to resist his word or to oppose his will. When he spoke it was done. But in this new creation it must be done in spite of the sinful resistance by man to the will of God. It must be done even though man stands in opposition to the word of God. The power and grace of our God has never seen greater expression than in a new creation, making a sinful man into a new creature. Are you trying to make yourself a Christian? You are likely to create a universe as you are to make yourself a new creation. 
It is such a radical new work that no one could ever do it except God. The only hope of ever beginning life again is for God to do a mighty work in your life. He must make you the new creation. When he does it, it is done. Until he does it, it is not done. Has God done this kind of work in your life? All things new is the extent of the new beginning. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The old things passed away at the blessed moment of the new birth. The moment the Holy Spirit placed you in Christ, the old was gone. Your relationship to the old will never be the same again. The same old things have been made radically new. This is a new state of being, have become, has in it the force of permanence. Exactly how far does this extend? Exactly what does this include? From the context, it is obviously includes a new relationship to God. All things are of God, who are reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. As a part of the old creation, we were under the condemnation of the, of the holy God. The curse was upon us, but all of this changed in the new creation. We have a new relationship with God in which we are under his favor. If any man is in Christ, he is in the favor of God, is accepted before him. Something new has happened here. Our view of ourselves has changed. We are free from the terrible past. We begin to see ourselves in a new light. While there will be much about ourselves that we still will not like, we will have hope because we are a new creation. Once you become assured that God has made you a new creation, you are comforted by knowing that God has a way of sustaining his creation. What he creates, he sustains. He has sustained the whole creation across centuries through all kinds of, of crises. Will he not sustain his new creation with the same faithfulness? It changes our relationship to those about us. All of our values are made new. Human beings begin to look different when you become a new creation. While in the old you may have viewed them as a competitor or even enemies, you find yourself viewing them in love now. You see them as persons for whom Christ died. All things are become new. If nothing has changed in your life, then you are not a new creation. There is no way that this inspired statement can be watered down to include what often goes under the name of Christianity in our day. The Christian is a new creation. Everything has become new. Do you want your life to begin again? Have you despaired of ever being able to do it yourself? There is a place that it can happen. It can happen. It can happen in Christ Jesus. You get to be in Christ Jesus when you repent of your sins and you trust your life to Jesus Christ for salvation. So next, I'm going to read you a poem called New Year's Prayer by Charlotte Anselmo. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the brand new year ahead. Help me live the way I should as each new day I tread. Give me gentle wisdom that might help a friend. Give me strength and courage so a shoulder I might lend. The year ahead is empty. Help me fill it with good things, each new day filled with joy and the happiness it brings. Please give the leaders of our world a courage born of peace, that they might lead us gently and all the fighting cease. Please give to all upon this earth a heart that's filled with love, a gentle, happy way to live with your blessings from above. The new year lies before you like a spotless track of snow. Be careful how you tread on it, 
for every mark will show. So I'm going to end today's episode on an audio clip by Billy Graham on an empty place. And here it is. There's an empty place. You have everything except something you're not quite sure what it is. There's a hole in your heart and in your life. You'd like it to be filled, but you don't know what it is. So you're searching. You're searching for something that can satisfy that deepest longing that you have. That something is God. Because God made you in His image. And He loves you. And He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And He took every sin that you've ever committed on that cross. And if you were the only person in the whole world, He would have died for you. But Christ didn't stay on the cross. He rose from the dead. And He's alive tonight. And He's willing to come into your heart right now. So that does bring us into our episode today. My closing prayer, as always, is that God blesses the journey you're on with Him and that you embrace that path. So next week's episode is going to be on Celebrate What God Has Done in Your Life. So you can connect with me at PositiveLightPodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Anywhere you download your podcast, you can get Positive Light for free. Hope everybody had a great week. God bless. We'll catch you next week.